podcast where we usually read one of the 1001 books the experts say you're supposed to read before you die and decide if they're worth your time. But today we're having a very special mini-sode, mini-sode number two. Uh, I'm Nicole. I'm a lover of uh, historical fiction and Harry Potter. And I'm Chelsea. And I'm usually down for a book that's going to make me cry. But today I'm really excited to talk about one of my other obsessions, which is children's books. So when we first conceived the idea for this podcast, um, I bought the book list and um, we just we only need that one copy. But after we've been doing it for a little bit, Chelsea bought also the book list. And then she discovered at the same time that there is a 1001 children's books to read before before you grow up. Yes. And so we thought we'd explore that list a little bit and also encourage Chelsea in her purchasing also those 1,000 books in addition to the 1,000 adult books. I mean, <laughs> as a teacher, it only seems right that my children have a library of 1,001 books before they're even conceived or thought of. You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's fair. It's totally I mean, understandable. And you can use them in your classroom. You can use them in your classroom. No, then they'll get ruined. <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind. You can't use them in your classroom. Good yeah. to know. Though, to be fair, two of the books we're looking at tonight are from my classroom because I uh, knew I already had them and I didn't want to purchase so many books for a that's, Minnesota. That's fair. Uh, so we, we read five, one, two, five mm-hmm. children's five. books for today, and we're going to give you a mini review and decide if we think they are a children's book you should read before you grow up. Or have for your children before they grow Yes. <laughs> I'm really excited. The first book on our list is The Cat in the Hat by Dr. Seuss. And it was originally published in 1957. And I think most children have heard of The Cat in the Hat and have yeah. definitely heard of Dr. Seuss. He's a little bit iconic. I don't know I if you know. I, you know. I didn't have this book when I was a kid. I, I only had The Cat in the Hat Comes Back or whatever the sequel is. And I had lots of other Dr. Seuss books. My favorite were um green eggs and ham uh-huh. and then there was this one this is a tangent there was this one dr seuss book that i got at the library once and i loved it and then it was like i took it back and i could never find it in the library again what was it every about? time i go to the library i'd look for it and to this day i don't know what that book is called but it was about a polar bear in a zoo who wanted to have spots or something and then he ends up at the end of the book he has multicolored rainbow spots all over his body um uh, and it, i thought it was the best book and i know it was a dr seuss book and I still don't know what book it was, but he was like in the zoo and he was like visiting the different animals in the zoo and he wanted to be like all of them. And he ended up with different colored spots. Um, I'm going to figure out what book that is for you. <laughs> Your birthday's coming up. <laughs> great. That's totally what I want for my 30th birthday. It's a Dr. Seuss book I loved as a child. Second Dr. Seuss story. When I was in college, I took an international relations class and the professor had young children. And in the class, he read us a Dr. Seuss book I had never heard of called The Better Butter Battle, mm-hmm. which is an amazing book about communism <laughs> and the Cold War. Yeah. Just like all of our adult books are actually kind of about communism, like 80% of them. Dr. Seuss also has a book like that about people who butter their bread on the top and people who butter it on the bottom. He also has <laughs> a book um, called The Sneetches that is very great to use when you're discussing like the civil rights movement oh. with five-year-olds because it's all about the star belly sneeches and the the plain belly sneeches who don't have stars mm-hmm. and how like they get into this competition because the star belly sneeches think they're better and then a man comes and puts you know 
can put stars on the other snitches and then they don't want stars and they go through this whole thing until they can't tell each other apart because they weren't really different to begin with. Oh, it's a really good book. Snaps. I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Dr. So. Seuss for the win. So we're going to, we thought it'd be funny if we kind of followed our normal layout, just abbreviated for each book. So first, uh, what my one sentence plot for the cat in the hat would be two children let in a talking cat man into their house <laughs> and chaos ensues. But don't worry. The goldfish is the voice of reason. You know, I think doing this for children's books is going to come up with some really crazy quick plots because children's books have really a really fantastical <laughs> and weird. <laughs> so uh, what do you think about the cat in the hat when you, you reread it? You know, when it? I reread it, it was a lot longer than I remembered it being. I had a lot more words than I remembered. And I mean... It's a classic, but I still wouldn't be like, I still wouldn't be like, here, child, this is a book that you have to read. But I think that it stands in, re- in on the list in representation of all of Dr. Seuss. And I think it it's, is the most famous one. So it's mm-hmm. fair that it's on the list for that reason. I mean, it's really great for teaching rhyming words. So there is that. I do a lot of Dr. Seuss rhyming. I also, this book is super um, iconic to me, mostly because... If I put this book on a classroom shelf, all of the kids in the room are going to know what it is. And, like, they've all heard of The Cat in the Hat. They all, like, want to talk about Dr. Seuss. They think the things are so funny. And so I really like this book. I have a special place in my heart. Though I will admit to you honestly that reading Dr. Seuss books is a special kind of hell. Uh, (laughs) Reading them aloud. Reading them aloud to children because they are all rhyming books. So they all are so freaking hard to read and ones like this that are deceptively long you sit down and you're like this is not gonna be that bad it's only it's only the cat in the hat no it is long it takes a long time to read this book and it's all like phrases that just want you to trip over them like have no fear, little fish, said the cat in the hat. These things are good things, and he gave them a pat. They are tame, oh so tame. They will come here to play. They will get you some fun on this wet, wet day. Like, And I even I messed up wet, wet, wet day because you have to get all the syllabication right. So, what's, what's great to me is that that's the same reason that Shakespeare is hard to read I because of the iambic pentameter. The Cat in the Hat and Shakespeare have something in common. It's hard to read it in rhythm, to stay in the rhythm. Yeah. Particularly if it's to... not not every line rhymes, right? It's like it's like A, B, A, C, like type of And there's a yeah. special thing with Dr. Seuss like rhyming books that you have to read them fast or they don't sound right. They're not in the rhythm. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, I love it. I'm really, I'm into the, the Cat in the Hat. I did have it as a child. I think we had most of the Dr. Seuss collection. What's your favorite Dr. Seuss book? Oh, I like all the places you will go. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. And I also really like um, that the Sneetches one that I talked about mm-hmm. because that one comes in a book set where there's more than one in it. So it usually has this other story about an empty pair of pants, which oh. is a hilarious story. This guy's being followed around by these pants and he thinks they're like evil. He's scared of them. He's hiding of them. And then it turns out the pants were scared of him all along. And so then the pants and him become friends because you don't know if you can be a friend with someone until you meet them because 
things That's that are lovely. different are usually alike. Yeah. You know, all the lessons in children's stories. But meanwhile, you're just reading a book about an empty pair of pants. Yeah. So I think what, what we're saying is that read The Cat in the Hat, but then veer off the beaten path and go to weird Dr. Seuss books because there's some great obscure yes. ones that you don't know about besides. Oh, I also really liked Are You My Mother? Yeah. As a kid. Uh, I had that one. That one's by P.D. Eastman, but it's a Dr. Oh. Seuss brand book yeah so dr seuss has a um there's a whole they're all good a whole brand of like i can read beginner books and like are you my mother is the most famous one of those um and then but they all have his logo on them because they're like dr seuss approved oh yeah what um what do you think is the moral of the cat in the hat don't let crazy cats into your house. This is it. Like, these kids just open the door for this crazy cat. Yeah, don't, so don't talk to strangers. Don't let an- <laughs> anthropomorphic animals into your house. Oh, yes, but a little bit more broadly. Uh, don't, talk, don't talk to strangers. Um, and listen to the voice of reason, which is your own conscience. Yeah, That's and the I, fish, I'm pretty right? sure The Cat in the Hat is the book that he tried to write. In, no. No, it's a different one. That's a different one. Where, yeah. they, where he had the bet and he had to lose less words. It was, this has a lot of words in it. Yeah. Different words. It's not the cat But it's good. I really like it. Cool. Yeah. All right. Book two? Yeah. Okay. The second book we read was Eloise by Kate. Oh, wait. Does it belong on the list? Oh, does the cat? Yes. Because it. I think because it represents all the Dr. Seuss books. Yes. And I think it belongs on the list because it's just such an easily recognizable book. It's fun. It's great. Every child loves it. All right. Book two. Eloise by Kay Thompson. Uh, this book was originally published in 1955. Uh, and so... <laughs> our the I would say this is like a longer book with that's more wordy than Cat mm-hmm. in the Hat. It had really cute like pencil looking um, illustrations, and I would say the summary is that Eloise is a precocious six year old that lives in the plaza in New York City and wants to tell us about all the mischief she gets up to. Yes, I love Eloise though. Eloise is a precursor to Judy B. Jones, so she's kind of a brat. (laughs) Uh, So I I had this book when I was a kid because when I was 10, my mom turned 40 that year and she went to New York City to visit her college roommate. And this is one of the things she brought back for me was this book because she went to the plaza and bought it there. Uh, And so I have very fond memories of this book. And it was and it was really fun to reread it because there's some really hilarious like lines in it that are really fun. And I think like I think you like adults will enjoy reading this to their kids as much as kids will like it for her precociousness. And I also like how all the old picture books um, always use only a couple of colors. I think it's so fun and so cute. And it makes it so that the book is just so much more sweet. A yeah. lot of times now they have like so many colors and things and popping and da 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 Well, another one of the cool. books we're going to talk about, there's in the introduction, the author says that well, back when I wrote this, we were only allowed to use two colors in children's books because it would be too expensive to publish. And most yeah. of these books are from that same era. And so I'm not surprised that... Uh, that this one is like that too and so it was more about like i think in the 50s children's books was a new genre Mm -hmm. uh and so at least at least on for mass production and like this and so they didn't know if it was really going to make money and now they know that it's a guaranteed like money maker so that yeah all the stops are pulled out Mm -hmm. i also like eloise is very relatable to how i procrastinate things oh my lord i'm absolutely so busy i don't know how i can possibly get everything done then I have to hop around for a while. 
that's so just great. a life lesson. Yeah, it's just like how much are all of us still sort of Eloise? <laughs> it also has a page that like flips out vertically to make a big page that's talking about her going up and down the elevator, and that's really fun when yeah. children's books do that. I really like that too. <laughs> so I didn't have this book growing up, but I definitely read it. So it was mm. in like my classroom library or something, and I've definitely read it as a child because I remember that page specifically with the elevator mm-hmm. or the stairs. Um, do you think it belongs on the list? I mean, yes, mostly out of like personal taste. Cause I have very fond memories of this. So I might be like, have rose colored glasses about it. I think so. Sense. Yes. It's actually, it's, um, it's a little bit dated now, but I really, really like it because I think it's probably one of the first like bratty little girl characters where it was okay that mm-hmm. you weren't like, prim, 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 yeah, and, yeah, you weren't being, she, like it's like you know how now when they say like don't call her a, a brat or bossy say that she has leadership skills yeah. Eloise has leadership skills yes <laughs> even if they weren't using that language in the 50s or even when we were kids yes the only sad side effect of that book is that it makes me think about Donald Trump now because he owns the plaza I choose and that makes me no. sad so so I gotta try to block that out <laughs> do some heavy uh ignoring there yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> um repression that repression was what I was yes <laughs> so our third book which i think is just a super cute little book is called harry the dirty dog and it is published published in 1956 by Jean zion and it's actually um all three of these books that were published in this these first three books were published in the 50s and then were re-published again in the 80s so we are thinking that there must have been a children's literature boom again in the 80s that all the like good books from before were being republished yeah. and maybe it has to do with like how long you could get a copyright on a children's book in the 50s that they mm-hmm. all were up in the 80s to get renewed and also like if you think about like in the 50s baby boomers first time big children's literature thing maybe and then those people have grown up and are having kids in the 80s and 90s right so. yeah and so this book is about harry and Harry really does not like to take baths. And so he goes on this whole adventure to realize at the end of the story that being dirty is just not worth it. Yeah. So the moral in this case is cleanliness is next to godliness. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that. that when your parents tell you to do something, sometimes you need to just do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the people that you love just won't recognize you anymore. Yeah. That's bleak, man. That's intense. Uh, I also love that this book is from the 50s, and so literally one of the pages is a coal truck pouring coal in front of a street, and Harry gets covered in coal. He's really dirty. We should send the president, Harry the Dirty Dog. Yeah, he goes from being white with black spots to black with white spots. After the coal, you know? that's Yeah, there's a deep environmental (laughs) meaning here I think you can pull. Um, Bit of a stretch. Yeah, but I like this book a lot. I think it's fun. It's really cute. The kids think it's really funny that he turns all dirty and everything when I read it in my classroom literally all of these books I've read in my classroom except for two so the so last three. two so three, three out of five um but yeah I think it's really cute and funny I didn't have it as a kid did I didn't you? have it either and I I think I heard about it as an adult but I thought it was a much more recent book mm. and so it's kind of I read it now with understanding like this is a classic, but I don't have a personal connection to it. No. And I don't I don't know if I think it belongs on the list. I mean, it's a cute book. And I think I, there's like a thousand children's books just like this one, but they exist because this one was written in the fifties, and so I might put it on for that reason. But there's like a thousand children's books about like I don't know, they have the same yeah. rhythm of like, I didn't want to do this and so then this and this and this and this. Yeah, yeah. and I think there's better ones. Even it's like really cute though. What is that one? 
Alexander's very bad, terrible. Alexander has terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. It kind of follows the same yeah. pattern as this book, you know? Yeah. Mm. And I, um, yeah, so I like it, but I'm not sure it belongs on the list. It's cute. It's in my classroom library. My kids read it and check it out a lot, so. All right, so we're yeah. giving this one at, meh. Meh. <laughs> um, but maybe you have to be six to really, really connect. <clears throat> okay. Um, book four is, uh, this is the house that Jack built, which is just a classic nursery rhyme with mm-hmm. no known author. But this version that we're looking at was originally published in 1977, um, with illustrations by Pam Adams. And so this is just follows the, so the one sentence quick plot of this book would be, <laughs> Jack built a house and then stuff happened in it. <laughs> uh, so this is kind of a fun children's like nursery rhyme. I remember I had books like this as a kid and I wasn't that into them because somehow even though you're only five or whatever and you should feel like you're hearing them for the first time, they already feel like, I've heard that a thousand times, which is weird, right? Because that's impossible. You've only been alive for five years. But (laughs) something about these books is they're always, it reminds me of like There Was an Old Lady as Well as a Fly. Like, they're another patterned rhythmy book and each page builds on the next page. And so if you're reading them out loud, if you have children or plan on having children or read to children, again, like Dr. Seuss, these things are bitches to read. Like <laughs> they they keep going and going and each page gets longer and you set the rhythm on the first page, like thinking you're not gonna have to try and read it all in one breath. And then you get to the last page and you have read forty five lines of text in one breath to keep the rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> and and so yeah, it's in that genre of like really rhythmatic like yeah. writing for kids that just is super build upon and so yeah I almost would say the moral of this book outside of the storyline is just that kids like rhyming <laughs> yeah kids well, have always liked rhyming <laughs> the storyline is a little weird in this one like there's a sleepy priest uh, a man who kisses a lady a maiden all forlorn there's malt <laughs> in the roofs um yep there's people tattered and torn it's really well. It's old. It's on. really old, yeah. right? So that makes sense. Yeah, and know. the priest is shaven and shorn to make it <laughs> rhyme. So there's that. It's super like fun, though. I don't think this is from my classroom library, but I don't think my kids ever read this one, mostly because it's too big to fit in our book boxes, so I don't put it out. <laughs> well, that could be a, that probably plays a big part of it that they don't have the option to use it, Chelsea. Probably that probably uh, plays a role, but uh, yeah. So. Do you think this belongs on the list? I mean, I'm going to say no. I mean, it's a cla- it's like a classic nursery rhyme, but I feel like even when I was a kid, I didn't like books like this. So yeah. I'm going to say no. I think that there's better nursery rhymes that are like this. Like, there was an old lady who swallowed fly books, our darling. Um, or like the, uh, gosh, I can't think of it now that I'm, there's another one that follows a pattern <clears throat> like this. Mrs. Yeah. Wishy-Washy. There's a Mrs. Wishy-Washy yeah. books that's about like, tub and she's washing yeah. all these things that are super cute this one's my least favorite so yeah yeah good good night moon is on the book 1001 children's books right? yeah it has to be yeah, yeah it is okay all right well what's our last book our last book is a margaret atwood book <laughs> we may have chosen this one very intentionally because you know how much we love margaret atwood yeah this was on did you purpose. know she'd written a children's book we didn't no so and we solely chose picture books off the list because obviously we didn't want to read children's Five, chapter like, books middle for grade this. books yeah, yeah. Mm. so we went only chose from the picture books and chose ones that i had access to so yeah, that book is a set skewed. up like instead of being our book adult books is like by 
the book is written like 1700s and before 1800s 1900s like but this book is like like picture books middle grade mm-hmm. young like it's like it's by, it's by reading ages, level yeah yeah so tell us about margaret atwood's book this book is called up in the tree and it was published by margaret atwood in 1978 and there is a really interesting thing at the front where she talks about how this book was all handwritten and hand lettered so cute because it was so expensive when she was publishing this it was in the early days of children's publishing in canada and how she could only use blue and red because it was too expensive to have more colors common thing with the other Mm. old books and how she um it was too expensive to have type font so she hand lettered it Mm -hmm. and so it's super cute and it's about these oh sorry my summary quick plot two little kids decide they're gonna live in a tree it isn't any fun they get back down from the tree and thus, having learned very little, decide to live in the tree again. Well, it is fun at first, but then someone yeah. takes the ladder away and they can't get down. And then it, it's not fun and they run out of pancakes and it's ho- bad. That's and then they, so then a bird helps them get down from the tree. And then they realize it's more fun in the tree if we can choose when we get down. And so then they build a ladder into the tree so they can go up all the time. <laughs> so basically, the moral is that adventure is fun when it's your choice. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not also, fun when you can't get out of it. I love this. How will we get down? Down, down to the ground. Are we stuck here? And then in bold letters, forever <laughs> in this horrible tree. <laughs> Yeah, so I think it it's I think this book has the most moral for me that it's like sometimes you start a new project and you're really excited about it and yeah. then the minute you feel like an over your head and you can't get out of it, you start to hate everything about it that you used to love. Yeah. And then when you get out of it, like so you're like, "Oh good, I feel better, you know, I feel so much better." And then it doesn't take very long where you're like, "Remember how great it was when we were doing that project?" Yeah. And you start it all over again. Um, thinking, well, this time I have an escape route. I won't be stuck in it like before. Like this book is very true to life. <laughs> I actually, I really like this book. I, um, ordered it from Amazon solely because we saw it was Margaret Atwood and I'm not mad about owning it now. No, so I think it's great. That. It's great. And it's a really, it's from a library and it's just got, it's just like got like the plastic over the cover yeah. and it's really cute in a little pocket in the front from an old library <laughs> and they took it out of circulation darn san diego county libraries i'm just gonna assume that's because they had so many copies but <laughs> that sounds i mean because it's a cute book it is cute. and it's not damaged no. um so yeah i think it belongs on the list because i thought it was so cute and i'd never heard of it before yeah and i'd put anything margaret Atwood wrote on any list of any that people pretty read, much so. we're a little biased we're a little biased but yes which one is your favorite out of the five Ooh. The Margaret Atwood one. Me too. That one and then Eloise after that. Yeah. Those are the two I'd most want to ever read to my This kids one someday. and then Cat in the Hat and Eloise. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense because those ones went on the list. That's true. That's yeah. true. Though we know from our adult list that sometimes we like a book, but we don't put it on the list. And sometimes we don't like it, but we put it on true. the list. Children's books seem, at least picture books seem, I feel I have more of a gut <laughs> knowledge about it. Yes. More instinctual. I feel as though I would get sick of This is the House that Jack Builds mm-hmm. and Harry the Dirty Dog far before I would get sick of these other three books. And if you're reading to children, the ability to read it over and over again without wanting to like kill yourself is a very important thing because you're going to have to do that. Like, yep. there was a period where my mom read me Cinderella every night for, like, a year. <laughs> my parents used to hide books that I liked so much <laughs> that they were done reading, and then conveniently they would reappear, like, weeks later. When you wouldn't be into it as much. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's really smart, actually. I don't it blame really them for that at all. It is really smart of them, but <laughs> damn it. I know. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I hope you um, feel like you want to read some children's literature. Yeah. We'll probably do this again because Chelsea's going to continue to b- purchase the 1001 children's books. Well, I was thinking not anytime soon, but at some point we need to do another mini sode with some of the middle grade ones. Yes, yeah, so we'll a, little more, a little more reading time into yeah. it. But, yeah, that would be really fun. I was listening to another book podcast on the way over here to record, and they were talking about middle grade books, and I was like, I never read any middle grade I books. I love middle grade books. I have the no well reason to read ones those. Yeah. are really good. I always... If you're Which, looking for yeah. book recommendations for kids. Which I was going to ask you, is middle grade, is that like number the stars? Is that middle grade? Yeah, like eight, eight to 12 year olds. Middle grade would be, or like, that'd be towards the top of middle grade, but yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so it's like, so there's. Or what, like, uh, what are the, I don't know. What it like, uh, what are those like ink heart? Yeah. Those are middle grade, right? Yeah. Like and heart, like, yeah. um, Artemis Fowl is middle grade. Oh, okay. Um, the series of unfortunate series events. of unfortunate yeah. defenses middle grade all those like past first chapter books but like not young adult fourth books, grade yeah. to like sixth grade age kids and so uh-huh. then before that is early readers um and i don't know what the official title is for that but that's like you know kids are like first grade to fourth grade where it's like beginning chapter books and stuff and then mm. there's picture books before that and then after that it's young adult Oh, all right. Yeah. Good to know. Good good lesson in children's literature. Thanks, teacher. <laughs> yeah, no problem, guys. My teacher is showing this episode. <laughs> we basically did this episode for you. <laughs> well, and because it's a list that goes with our list. That's I mean, true. there's a thousand and one movies and a thousand and one um, albums. albums. I, I don't, don't really do feel those. as that. Is there a thousand and one places? places to go for you die. yeah but i think it's not in like it's not in the same series oh that's not as fun but and i don't think we could podcast about every vacation <laughs> no but we could go on a vacation to one of the places oh that's a i'm willing to do that i feel like we probably already have been to some of the places right probably we went Just to the in, uk i bet somewhere on there is yeah like we went to the tower of london that's mm-hmm. probably on that's like you know big or westminster abbey mm-hmm. or even like disneyland you know like we then yeah, I have yeah. been to Disneyland. I guess actually I haven't been to Disneyland, but I've only I've been to Disney World, <laughs> so I don't know why I pay, pick that as an example. You picked somewhere you haven't went, but I could go right <laughs> eventually. Um, I feel as though our mini sods are much more full of tangents, but I hope you still enjoyed it. Yes, and we will see you next time back on our regularly scheduled programming. Until then, happy reading. Bye.